Hey everyone, welcome to Season 3, Episode 14 of the Centennial Podcast. We're glad to have you with us. We got a few topics lined up. We're going to recap Ottawa's games that happened this past week. Uh, they played Buffalo, Carolina, and Anaheim. Uh, then we're going to talk about some of the injuries the Suns are facing. And by some injuries, I mean basically half the roster. All uh, the injuries. And, yeah, and then we'll uh, look at the weekly predictions for the upcoming games before the All-Star break. So... We'll kick it off right off the top. The Sens get the revenge game against the Buffalo Sabres with a huge 5-0 win. But there were some downsides that game. And I'll let Bennett jump into this one. <laughs> yeah, obviously it was a it was an amazing uh five five nothing, you know, shutout win for the Sens. Uh it was Murray's first shutout of the season, if I'm not mistaken, right? And uh, so it's a great game from him. Uh, the team in front of him played really well. Everyone was firing and with it. Uh, but of course, there was a fly in the ointment, and that was uh, Drake Batherson going down after a total bullshit play, which we're probably going to talk about in a moment from the Sabres goalie, Aaron Dell, who uh, has since been sent to the shadow realm of uh, waivers by his team. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about that in a second. I won't get too deep, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it was really it was really rough to see Batherson go down like that. Uh, it, was, it was a big shame. We lost a couple players in that game. Uh, Gambrell, I think off the top of my head, went out with an injury too. Uh, it was a bit of a rough and tumble outing, and uh, we paid the price for it in terms of uh, further losses to our forward core that we could you know ill afford already. Uh, so that was tough. Uh, I mean, it was, it was great to get that win and it looks really great on paper. And it was a nice, you know, revenge tour against the team that, you know, got us the week previous, but at what cost, man, at what cost? Yeah. And I think that was the same game where Shabbat, he left the ice for a bit. Yeah. It like he, he might've been injured. And I was like, Oh no, man, we can't do Batherson and Shabbat. Yeah. That would have been devastating. The, the so, Holy Trinity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been real bad. So, yeah. Uh, I, I say uh, in that instance, you know, uh, the Holy Ghost would be Gambrell because uh, he is invisible most games. <laughs> you, you, the coach loves him, though. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like if he's invisible, then he's doing something right because yeah. he's like he's a standard fourth line guy. I think Every, that only is pertaining to defensemen. If if you don't <laughs> notice a defenseman, they're doing their job. <laughs> if you're not, not noticing a center, like I think they're just crap. Yeah. I also should uh, I, I did say that I should put some respect on his name because he did have that sweet move. I was was it in the Buffalo game or was it in a previous game? Uh where Gamer Girls thinking set up Goddad. Yes, you might have been I thinking about that, yeah. Never mind. Uh, no, they occupy like, the same space in my brain. Yeah, I get your point about, you know, as a forward, you don't want to look invisible, but like he also hasn't just been glaringly bad, which you can't always say the same about some of the forwards that have been in the lineup. Uh, so I think that it's just fine that he was kind of, he's been like kind of just going along. Yeah, That's, I mean, yeah, you, he's he's a solid fourth line player, and uh, you know, if they give him a contract, then then there you go, like it it works out for him. Um, I feel it like sucks that he's out for yeah. sure, uh, but I feel like past this year, I don't really know if they'll hang on to Gambrell. So I doubt it. I can't, I can't see it happening. Yeah. Um, especially considering all of the talent we have at, at center. So, I mean, you have, you have Stutzla, you have Norris, you have Pinto, and then you have, uh, I mean, who's the last, like Colin White. Um, it's, it's going to be 
kind of tough for him to crack the line. But anyways, I don't want to talk about Dylan Gumbrell anymore. I want to talk about, uh, um, I want to talk about Drake Batherson. Yeah. yeah. Pour one out for a boy. <laughs> yeah. I feel so bad for him, man. He was having such a stellar season. Going to go yeah. to the all-star game. And then like, Oh, it was so unnecessary too. Like it's just a standard play. You forecheck the guy behind the net. So standard. And yeah, like some goalies, they'll kind of step out of their crease a bit to make the guy have to slow down or, or cut a worse angle to get to the, uh, the player behind the net. But to just go out of the crease and then to lift the elbow up, like, come on, like it's so unnecessary. And and then you injure your Ottawa's best player by doing that. It's just, yeah, it's, it's pretty spineless. Um, and you know, as everybody pointed out on Twitter for like two days straight, uh, he has a history of doing it. Um, but it, it that, that's the brutal thing. He's a fringe NHL goalie. And I mean, <sighs> it's just really brutal that, that he did that to uh, an, an all-star in the game. And it's, it was such a, like the, a dickish play because like goalies, if you do that, you should expect retaliation. That's like, that's, that's sort of how it goes. Like if I did that in a, in a beer league game, I would expect somebody to run me like that's, that's just how it is. But the fact is, is he, he did that to a, an unsuspecting player. And I mean, the three game suspension is basically wiped because he's, he was put on waivers and now he's in the HL. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was so frustrating. I mean, like, like you were saying, Batherson's having like his breakout season in the NHL gets invited to the all-star game for the first time. It's going to bring his dad. They're going to make a weekend out of it. It was like this nice, you know, like this nice story, you know, for everyone who's been waiting for Batherson to, uh, to, you know, have his moment and now he's getting it and it's a big deal for him and for his family. And then to get taken out like that in such a nothing play, that didn't need to be anything. Um, you know, the guy, the goalie steps out and, you know, put, sticks his leg out, sends him into the boards at an awkward angle. It just sucks. And I mean, like, you know, moving from like the personal and how bad we feel for Drake Batherson as a guy and as a player, as an individual, I mean, for the team, I mean, he's been by far our best and most consistent forward and just another loss to like our forward our forward core can just not take. I mean, our top line now is like Stutzla at center and Chuck. And who did they have skating on the wing there? Um, I think it was Ennis. Sanford. Ennis? Sanford and Ennis were taking. Sanford and uh, Ennis, yeah. depending on the shift. I mean, my Ennis God. very that, okay. I love that guy. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I love, I love Tyler. Yes. I love Tyler Ennis. He can kind of hold his own anywhere in the lineup, but... It, the fact is that like, you're not going to win games with him on your first line. As much as we like him, and he plays with a lot of heart and compete, he put up a beautiful Hattie uh, again in in that Buffalo game, which was uh, which was like the the standout story as well. Uh, which is so great to see and good for him. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, like when he's on your first line, that that's just an indictment of the players you have available. And, you know, part of it is just like, we don't have the depth even at the best of times. And part of it is just these, these crippling injuries. I mean, guy after guy going down, I mean, Norris is out too now, you know, Batherson is out. 
Um, we're missing white line, like the, um, the sheer amount of people. Like, yeah. what is it? We got Batherson, White, Norris, Connor Brown, Pinto, Gambrell, Zaitsev, and like around that game or in that this last week, they were also out Brandstrom and mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like it was somebody else as well. Like, yeah, they it's have been so injury ridden. Like, Sabrin and Crookshank are also on the IR now. Crookshank probably would have been an AHL this year. And Sabrin's obviously just kind of like a guy who comes up if they need somebody to fill in for an injury. But dude literally came in and like, what was it? Dislocated his finger in the one fight. It's like, oh my God. Anyway, I mean, they're not huge losses for the Sens in terms of, you know, really being that, taking them that next step as a team. But um, yeah, all the other guys you listed are, are big losses. I mean, Gambrell, not so much. Zaitsev, for some people, most Suns fans, probably not a big loss. But uh, in general, like they're they are uh, regulars like, in the lineup. So yeah, we we're missing. Uh, I mean, as it stands, Batherson, uh, Norris, Pinto, and Connor Brown are four players that were making up our top six at the start of the season. Yep. Yeah. Holy Mackinac, that's bad. Yeah. It's yeah. not good at all. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I mean, missing two-thirds of the players that you would expect to be playing in, in your first two lines. Yeah. But I mean, all like all this crap, you know, it was really crappy to see what happened at Batherson. But my goodness, uh, you know, we had some highlight real plays from Godet, uh, not Gembrell. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then uh <laughs> Yeah, and then seeing uh, uh, Stutzla's like nifty pass over to Fermentin, who is absolutely killing it right now. Oh yeah, um, he's he's on fire, and you know Stutzla's been our best forward. Uh, I would say in the last couple of games, he's just not getting the points. And I mean, he, he's a trigger. He's a, he's a pass guy. He's not a trigger man. And uh, he needs to learn to shoot more in my opinion, but yeah, these injuries and, and guys that are going to score off of his passes, they're dwindling as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's just like passing into the ether and hoping for the best almost. Honestly, though, the one benefit and and a very like, I don't know, I want to preface this by saying that I'm not happy Pinto got injured. Okay. I love Pinto. Uh, But the one benefit of him having been injured is Stutzla finally getting to play at center. The team recognizing that he actually plays better as a center than as a winger. And the fact that now you can focus on bringing in in top six winger to compliment him if you want to change things up there, you know, like if Formanton, he's playing amazing, don't get me wrong, but let's just say they want to go out and get like a UFA or someone on the trade market, you know, as a top six winger uh, who's more bonafide in that position. You know, it's much easier trade value wise to go out there and get a top six winger than to get a top six center. Right. It's it's just supply and demand, baby, basic economics. But uh, but yeah, no, seriously, it, it does help the organization see what they should do this summer if they choose to do anything rather than just lie low. But uh, that's definitely a pro of it. But obviously you want to have those players back. I would love to see what this lineup looks like 100 percent healthy with Colin White filling in on on right wing on 
I don't know, second, third line, whatever. I just would like to see this team fully healthy. So the Sens can recognize what they have going forward. Cause I think it's been so hard for them to build that picture. And, you know, Bennett was saying it earlier, you know, Matt Murray's playing well, the rest of the team's injured now, like if the team gets healthy again, or what is goaltending going to all of a sudden flatline? Like, I just want to see the team, everyone playing healthy and on their game. Like how can this team play? Cause I don't mm-hmm. think anybody has a grasp of really what this team is. Yeah. And, uh, and we weren't actually reporting when I brought up Matt Murray. So I should say on the record here, uh, that oh. he has, he has had, uh, he is slowly climbing his way back to respectability. He's had a really good stretch since he came back from the mist into the minors. Uh, he's, up now to a 906 save percentage, a respectable 2.94 goals against. Uh, he had that shadow against Buffalo. Uh, he's playing so much better uh, in spite of all the injuries and kind of chaos in the lineup ahead of him. Uh, and yeah, I 100% agree, Matt. Like it'd be so great and like kind of like important for this franchise to get a read of how we play when everyone is playing up to their potential uh, and when everyone is in the lineup. Uh, I agree that getting to have a look at the threat center uh, what is super beneficial to this team and to Stutzler himself, who's been playing really well in that position. So if that's a silver lining to the Pinto injury, then, you know, it's a worthwhile one. But even still, I mean, you'd love to see, you know, what the lineup would look like exactly like you're saying, like, you know, like a uh, center, you know, one, two, three punch of like Norris, Stutzler, and then Pinto and, you know, have some of those guys who are great in the bottom of the lineup playing in the bottom of the lineup where their skills can be of the most benefit to the team. Uh, it would just be, you know, if you can imagine a situation where, you know, you've got our standard first line of Chuck Norris, Batson, you know, our second line of like Formington, Stutzler, and whoever they stick on that right wing. And then, you know, like a third line of maybe like, you know, like Pinto, Nick Paul, and uh, like Ennis or Connor Brown, whoever it is. I mean, that'd yeah. be awesome. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that's a team that could actually, I don't know if, uh, I don't, we'd still be a playoff team because we're still waiting for some of that high-end talent to really come through. But uh, I think that'd be a team that would play respectively every night and probably play the kind of game that, like, the Sens management think the Sens play most nights uh, or yeah. that they think they want it to play. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's, hard uh, to play against. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, like uh, it's, it's like the ongoing kind of like debate. It's like, Oh, we want to be hard to play against where it's like our record begs to differ. Uh, teams yeah. do not find us especially hard to play against considering that they usually uh, clown on us. So well, <laughs> yeah, we don't or have like the, we don't have a lead defender Nikita Zaitsev in our lineup. Yeah, so. that's true. Or yeah. like the meme worthiness of, uh, whenever Scott Sabarang comes into the lineup and DJ's like, oh, you know, they play a physical game, so we're going to put put Sabarin in there. And it's like, he plays three goddamn minutes, okay? Like, yeah. <laughs> like please, just, yeah. just don't do that. Because, you know, this person not only is, like, coming into the lineup, taking a younger person's spot, but they're also only playing three minutes. There's not a lot of, like, like I'd be pr- pretty pissed off if, if that was the case. Um, but... I, I just feel for for this whole situation because um, if if guys started playing to the potential that they could be and and started to, oh, like it could have been a, a completely different season, especially if you have Murray playing at the level he's expected to be. Um, 
And uh, there was a question period with Bruce Garriock and um, the one and only. Hashtag yeah, great and, coverage. Yeah, and I believe it was uh, was Jamie McLennan was also on it, and or it was a yay or nay, yeah. and um, and they were asked, you know, will Anton Forsberg uh, be considered for a contract? And I thought it was really interesting because Gary Ox said no. And yeah. I mean, he's like, he's the, the, the water carrier. So like, he knows everything. Um, so I would not be surprised if, if they try and put Forsberg into games where it's going to pad his stats a little bit and send him off during the, in the deadline. Yeah. I like, I can't see, um, our, uh, our playoff aspirations come to fruition this year. Um, I mean, you I, don't I say. <laughs> yeah, I think we're well. To be fair, we still have uh, quite a, lot, a few games yeah. behind teams. True. So true. Uh, you could theoretically make it up, but at the same time, um, we're still in the. This is the last, theoretically, the last year of this rebuild. Uh, even though it's supposed to be over, um, and you have. Uh, assets going out that you know should go out and won't be coming back. But like a guy like Tyler Ennis, I'm not trading because I would. I personally believe he's a good fit on this team. He's a he's a good veteran that brings value, and the guys respect him. Like even in that mic'd up thing uh, with Drake Batherson, like you know uh, Tyler Ennis, one of the best fucking guys to ever lace him up, sort of thing. Um, <laughs> which I love that. Like, I think that's amazing. I can't imagine Drake Batherson skates by Josh Brown and says, ah, yeah, you know, Josh, Bre <laughs> you know, um, well, like, I will say though, like Josh Brown, second best Brown on this team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Third guess when we had Logan, <laughs> uh, with Tyler Ennis, I actually think they should trade him. And it's only because they traded him to the Oilers for a fifth round pick. Uh, and then they ended up just, getting him back in free agency. So you literally gained an asset for nothing. He likes playing for DJ Smith. He is trusted by the coaching staff. The team likes him. I'd say, Hey, Ennis, we're going to keep giving you a shot to go and get like a cup somewhere. Like, and, and this year I think he'd get a higher, like a better asset. Like I think you could get at least like a third round pick for Tyler Ennis this year with the production he's put up and how much of a workhorse he is like every game he's noticeable uh, in a good way for the most part. I know he was scratched because of his, uh, turnover of uh, what was that last week, but, uh, or two weeks ago, but other than that, he's just so consistently steady that I think any team that's looking to make a deep playoff run would love to pick him up as death. It's like when yeah. Ottawa picked up Stahlberg, you know, they gave up a third round pick for him Stahlberg. and his production wasn't amazing, but he was just known to be one of those quality depth players that would help you get through the playoffs. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just think there's, there's worth, in rewarding a guy who's worked so hard, uh, like Ennis, who came back in the off season, like don't make him sell his house again. You yeah, know what I mean? Or, or like, where, I, I just think, uh, he's a player that very well could fit in nicely wherever you put him. Yeah. You could slot him on the left side on the, on the third line with Connor Brown and Shane Pinto and Nick Paul slides to the fourth. If you decide to keep him as well. Um, 
And then that's a, that's a quality ass third line. Like I'm not going to lie to you. A third line of Shane Pinto, Connor Brown and Tyler Ennis is that's a zoomer. I like that a lot. Um, I, I, I get where you're coming from. Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense to be trading out assets to get value back, but if they're a quality veteran, like Nick Holden, for example, you probably could have traded that guy and gotten a third yeah. or a second, considering how well he was playing. Well, I think um, also just but his, they rewarded his him, track you know? record, too, of being up, like with how he played for Vegas in the playoffs. Yeah. He's a playoff guy, probably would have helped. But no, you know what? I, I do agree with you. Like, I would like to see Tyler Ennis come back another season. I think if they flip out guys like Sanford, for example, um, God, now all the guys that I was thinking of that they could potentially flip out gone, but I know Sanford's one of them, right? Gambrell, Sanford, potentially Gambrell. Um, but uh, what was the other guy? Was Forsberg? We were talking about him. I think goaltenders are going to be a hot commodity this trade deadline. You look at Florida putting Montembo on waivers earlier this season, and Montreal picking him up. Montembo did not have good numbers, and there was. Uh, who was the other goalie? There was another goalie who was Jonas Johansson. Yes. Uh, so, and he was like bad. He was not playing well and he got picked up. So I'd like to see what Forsberg could fetch. And then you could just call him Gustafson and have him and Murray split games to end the season. Like Gustafson. We know Gustafson's an NHL goalie. Yeah. Like he, that, I mean, there's your thing. He was looking shaky before he got sent down like at times, but I think, yeah, let him play in the HL if you, uh, for a bit, call him back up. You trade Forsberg and then, Next season, I mean, if you have injuries, you could start looking at calling up Sogard, you know? Absolutely. But yeah, yeah, we can, we should actually touch on Holden because he, he got an extension. And so we should address that. Uh, And yeah, so one year, $1.3 million for Holden. I think that's perfectly fine. Um, Ran it by my, my boy, Will Scouch, shout out to him. And, and he thought it was uh, a good signing for the Sens. Uh, he really likes him, and I agree. Like he's a great depth player, great veteran, fits in the lineup well. You could really put him wherever you want, left, right side, you know, bottom pairing, top four, penalty kill. He just fits almost all situations, right? So he's just a key player, and you're locking him up for one more year at very cheap value. And I think he'll be a great mentor for uh, for guys like Sanderson and and Pinto when he comes back and just in general, some of the younger guys like Stutzla, uh, Brady, and and all of them. So I think he'll be great for and, that. And uh, safety first, boys. Yeah. And <laughs> and one of the things is, is like, I mean, I'm just looking at uh, the athletics player cards who were created by uh, uh, Dom on Twitter. I can't say his last name, but I appreciate the hell out of him. Um, <laughs> his Dom, Dom on Luce Chichen. Yeah. Yes. I, think he, yeah. I think he had the pronunciation at one point in his yeah. bio. Um, his market value is 2.4 million. Um, and that, that to me, um, for a guy who just signed a new extension, like he's doing a lot of things really well. And, uh, he's found a a beautiful partner in Artem Zub. Um, man, do you remember when we like had trouble figuring out what Zub and Zub, like which one it was? That was only you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm, I'm, I'm certain other Sens fans had that too. I always went with Zub. Okay. But there's no, like, there's no umlaut on it or anything that would make it suggest that it's, it's a long you. I I guess that's fair. Yeah. 
but damn straight it's fair <laughs> anyways i think uh zub and and uh holden's um pairing is excellent and the fact of the matter is is now we have uh two good pairings for one of the first times in like well over a decade um and you know if oh, Shabbat Carl, is Carlson playing, Mathot with oh sorry two pairs there you go yeah I mean <laughs> uh, anything that had CC near it was uh, Dagapupu but um, we won't talk about that <laughs> even though the Sens yeah. are seeing Cody CC tonight for the first time uh, in the regular season since he was traded fun yeah, fact seven thirty proc drop let's Pot, go proc drop puck drop um <laughs> but yeah uh, i mean eric brandstrom's back in the lineup as well i'm a huge eric brandstrom fan uh i love seeing the guy succeed small kings um small unite. Kings unite so small <laughs> kings unite um i'm a six one lad myself so i'd be uh very much average <laughs> so yeah, right, uh, well. be, being the height that I am and hearing Brandstrom constantly referred to as like, you know, like comparatively Small tiny team. compared to his uh, his NHL peers uh, feels bad, man. I also love <laughs> how like every time Brandstrom, his height is brought up, I feel like people keep making him smaller and smaller. Like this guy's going to be like five feet tall by the end of like yeah. next season. Yeah. Like it, I know he was like listed at 5'10 and, and you know, it's fair. He's not 5'10, but like you know, you hear people like saying that, oh yeah, he's, he's not close to five ten. He's like five, five, eight, five, eight. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then now his official listings changed. It's five, nine, but now you hear people changing on the radio and like commentary side and they're saying, oh yeah, he's, you know, he's like five, seven. And I'm like, why do we keep making this guy? Like he's not shrinking year over year. This dude's a fun anecdote about, uh, about Eric Brandstrom. Um, his last year when he was playing in the world juniors, I have a tendency to like hate defensemen that look like they could be better than Eric Carlson's prime. Um, and Brandstrom at the world juniors was so dominant that I started disliking him. I was like, nah, yeah, fuck this guy. No, 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 not Who today. Who does he think he is? And then, and then we traded for him and I was like, yeah, he. Yeah, I mean, he was good. I'll, I'll say that. Um, but it, like, I genuinely, uh, I, I love seeing that he's he's coming back. And he said, like, I've net my confidence has never been higher. And I'm like, hell yeah, dude, because you're you're doing everything on the ice. You're playing with with one of the league's premier defensemen and Thomas Shabbat, and and playing well on your offside. Like that's that's awesome. And if he gets to continue doing that, because you don't really hear about two offensive defensemen playing on one line or one pairing, but I mean, try it out. See how it goes. Like you love to see it. Uh, I'm a big old Eric Branson fan. Oh, we couldn't tell. Uh, We actually forgot to touch on the Carolina game and Anaheim game because we got so carried away. I don't know if we want to briefly touch on it. I mean, I think, the Carolina game. Yeah. The Carolina game. I don't really think there's a ton to say. I think the Sens played above their weight considering the injuries. We're able to really have a fairly even game against Carolina. Losing the shootout, it is what it is. And then they come back against Anaheim and had a hell of a performance. But obviously Gibson just stood on his head and, and stonewalled the Sens so many times that uh 
there were a lot of heads raising to the rafters, really wishing that they could have buried some chances. Uh, we could talk about Forsberg's first goal, which was really rough. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I saw it go in and I was like, that's greasy. Yeah. And, and like as a goalie, his, his pad over-rotated. So like the face of the pad was on the ice and I was like, oh no, what have you done? Uh, not a good look. Not a good look. Uh, Gotta tighten those hope- straps up. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Uh, Descends put 45 shots on Gibson and he let in one goal. Uh, it was a pretty, uh, it was quite the performance from him. Uh, we were debating amongst ourselves whether the game was boring or not uh, because of like how like little happened. And I guess like, you know, like by the time to like at the end of the game, when you look at all the stats and the shot clock and stuff, it's like, well, we had a ton of chances, opportunities. We just got stonewalled by a goalie playing at the top of his game. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like there wasn't a lot that happened, but I guess, you know, part of that was just because their goalie had such a lights out performance that, I mean, got to give it to him, I guess. Yeah, it happens sometimes. And I think even DJ Smith said that Gibson put on a clinic. Like, that's just the best way to describe it. Yeah. I know some people were complaining about Ottawa's offense, but like they didn't have a lot of their guys. Like, they didn't have Norris, for example, who is their power play beauty with his yeah. one timer. They didn't have Batherson, who again is a really good sniper on the power play. Oh, man. Uh, great that power up. play against Anaheim was just, it was just brutal. It was so. There was one power yeah, play where they had like one. five shots on goal. Yeah. 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 And that was in yeah. like the first period. Yeah. And that basically set the tone. It was like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, God. But, uh, but yeah, like, you know, when half of your top guys are out, I think it's going to be a challenge to really get quality chances, especially against a goalie as good as Gibson. So it is what it is. Uh, now we've got two games this week before the all-star break. They play tonight against the Oilers and then they play uh, tomorrow night uh, against the Islanders. So a back to back and then they're off for the all-star break. So tonight against the Oilers, uh, I initially was thinking the Sens would win. I'm a little on the fence now because Edmonton with Evander Kane, you know, kind of kind of worries me because that guy he he's good and he's playing with McDavid. So <laughs> I hope they slap up the Oilers for signing him. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm gonna say Ottawa's gonna beat them six one. Oh, if that happens, I will buy you dinner. Yeah, or, or I mean, drink Bennett, on me, man. Bennett, <laughs> Bennett last last week was like perfect. He went uh he picked each loss and each win. I was so, pretty close. I just like uh, to say. But uh, it, uh <laughs> being close only works in horseshoes and hand grenades, my friend. Hey, I yeah. said they beat I said Buffalo Revenge Tour. They did. Then I said loss versus the Canes, which it was close. And then I said unexpected win over the Ducks, which they should have had. It's not my fault that Gibson decided to go out of his mind, balls the wall, right? So pretty close. Now, yeah. now, I, now uh, Matt, you have to be accurate. You have to get it. That's true. I, I was last week, focus. or two weeks ago. Bennett was last week. It's your turn. All right. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna just cop out answer and say, you know, 50, 50, they're going to get a win and a nice. loss. I'm not, nice. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm, I, I'm thinking the win will come tomorrow against the aisle, but it is the back to back. So I think the better shot of winning is tonight. So it's like my brain, yeah. you know, don't know what to guess here, <laughs> but uh, one of you guys can go in with your predict- predictions. 
Um, yeah, I was saying to Matt before uh, before we started recording, it's going to be hard not to just predict L's from here on out based on yeah. like the state of our uh, of our players right now. Um, so, I mean, Edmonton. Edmonton fucking bullied us last year. Like, did they not go like nine and zero against yeah. us? Yes, uh, and outscored us by like you know in order of magnitude. Um, I just like Raiders. Like Raiders, they're starting to kind of find a bit of their mojo again uh, after like a pretty dismal month of December for the team, uh, and, and like most of January too. Uh, you could just feel that Edmonton's gonna dunk on us again. Uh, and then the Islanders, uh, normally I'd say we have a chance against them, you know, another team that's been depleted and had like kind of like a rough start to the year because of COVID and stuff like that. Uh, but in the second half of a back-to-back with our roster this thin out as it is, I just can't see us pulling a win. So I'm going to say we go into this week. Ooh, Bennett, man. Hurting me. Hurting me deep. Has to be said. Has to be said. <laughs> and uh, other Matt, did you give your predictions? Yeah, one and one. one, and one. Uh, we're okay. going to beat the oil, and then uh, we're going to lose on the back-to-back because we're going to get stymied by Ilya Sorokin. You know what? Screw this. We're going 2-0, and oh, baby. That's my prediction. 2-0, <laughs> oh, let's go. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to find three distinct answers when we're only playing two games in one week. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, okay. How do we all think that Kachuk's going to do at the All-Star game? Do we want to I do think, like a, a bet on points here? How many points he'll get? Uh, uh, I haven't do watched they, an all-star game since I was probably 15 years hey, old. Bennett, we don't have yeah. to watch <laughs> the game. We just have to check afterwards, uh, see how many stats he, or how many points he had. Uh, I'll say three. I would love three. to see him get like a, I don't know if they like really fight in like the all-star game, but like, if they like do like kind of like a like a little kind of like joke fight, not to like injure anybody, oh I say he gets like man. a Gordie Howe hat trick because that would be just against, so against his brother or something. That'd against his brother, that'd be kind of sick. <laughs> that would just be so funny. I don't think yeah, he'll fight yeah. Matthew, but uh, something tells me if he gets like a goal and an assist, that he'll just like shove <laughs> a guy on the other team until they like kind of like politely like do some like Victorian fisticuffs for a moment, and he's like. <laughs> That counts. That's a that's yeah. a that's a good have. I think basically a fight is just oh excuse me. Look at this guy. Wow. I know. Uh <laughs> it just it came out of nowhere. I could not <laughs> stop it. Um I think a fight is basically when you both drop your gloves and like grab each other, then it's uh then then they give you um a five minute fighting major. So there you yeah. Go. yeah. All right. Well, on that note. Thank you to everybody who's listened, watched. We really appreciate you. Uh, you can find us on our social medias on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, and Reddit at the Centennial or the Centennial Podcast. Uh, of course, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. So make sure to uh, subscribe or follow us. And uh, yeah, leave a comment if you liked the episode and like it and uh, all the YouTuber stuff that they say throw that in there and then we'll hit you with like a go sennies or something. I'll get like, I really hope we don't put go sennies in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that might be a sense discord thing. I should probably cut that anyway. Oh, is that- <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's a joke thing. Someone once called them the sennies and then everyone was just like, thought it was really bad, but then we all just jokingly said it. Anyway, sense oh, discord. Love inside jokes. Place. Love to be a part of one. Sense discord. <laughs> this one goes out to you.
This, that that's one was how, for some uh, Discord. That's <laughs> how they get you. It starts with uh, it starts with it as a joke, and then you just say it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a cult yeah. member now of the Senies. Okay. Oh, all right. That's why I have to keep seeing you drinking coolly. <laughs> you weren't supposed to tell anyone that, to be honest. Oh boy. Anyway, this we, is going off the rails. Uh, we got the Murray. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna fully turn around. We I got the I got the Murray T-shirt on. You know, Murray's getting the dub tonight. People will be like, "Why does this guy have a Murray T-shirt?" It was a gift, and I will wear it with pride. Okay. He's getting the win tonight calling it right now it'd be sick keeps keeps racking him up and then edmonton gives him a call and we deal his deal and that's it there you go Hell baby. Yeah, man all right yeah that would be the real hustle is uh yeah Murray, that'd be unreal Murray stands on his head gets a shout out we send him we send him to like a goalie strapped edmonton uh <laughs> just uh ken you know. holland like creeps around the, the <laughs> column at CTC. He's like, what do you want from Murray? Hey, man, they give us, like, Koskinen so that they can do the contract stuff work, and then we get, like, draft pick and a prospect. There you go. Anyway, all right. Everyone, enjoy the games this week. If you watch the All-Star game, well, try to enjoy it, I guess. And uh, glad that Brady's repping the team again there, and go Suns go. We'll catch you in the next one. Go Sennies. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>